Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. Good morning and welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. This is Rachel Marshall and Bruce Weiner, and we have a return special guest with us, and that is Michael Cobb. Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning, Rachel and Bruce. Nice to be with you guys again. Awesome. Michael, I looked it up before talking today, and it was about four years ago that we had a conversation for the first time when we heard about you and your work doing investments in the international space. And it was just a fascinating conversation. You're a fascinating human with a lot of expansive knowledge, and it's going to be really exciting to catch up with you and find out all the things that you've been up to, including writing a book in these last four years. So we're really excited to jump into this conversation. Well, super. I'm excited to be back. You know, I, I think you guys do tremendous work getting the, the the word out about things that most people wouldn't even have come across their plate, right? And so when you do that, you open up a world of possibilities. And I know a lot of what you do is domestic, but thank you for having me on to talk about an international diversification opportunity for folks, right? The the world's a big place. And and you know, I always, you know, I always tell folks, look, the US is the biggest economy in the world, you know, by far, actually. I don't believe some of the nonsense about China and stuff like that, right? I mean, US is a powerful, powerful economy. California, California is the 10th largest economy in the world, right? I mean, so so we have this incredible country, this incredible economy, awesome opportunities. And 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 what we really counsel folks is look. Take some small part of your nest egg and put it in a different basket. You know, whatever, 3%, 5%, 10%, doesn't have to be very much. But prudence would dictate a few eggs outside the, the, the main basket, right? And uh, and and thank you for, for, for letting me come on and just at least talk about international uh, opportunities broadly. I mean, there's specific things too, but but just I, I'm a big advocate of international global you know, generally. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me back. Well, I love that it's expansive thinking as well. So expansive thinking allows you to do a lot more things in your life. So let me just share a little bit about you for somebody who maybe has not been listening to the show for the last four years and maybe hasn't heard of you before. So Michael Cobb is he runs ECI development. You can look that up. Um, he had some success in the computer industry, and then he formed ECI Development in 1996. So this is not brand new. This is something you've been working on and passionate about for a long time. Yeah. So he does a lot of work in the residential resort development space, and he builds communities in Belize and Nicaragua, also Costa Rica, Panama, El Salvador, and Mexico. So you can imagine he's in the tropical regions where people love to vacation and it sounds very awesome. Um, imagine blue water, Bruce. I know that you have had a more recent experience in this area of the, the world and the, and the world, not the country than I have. Um, so Michael also serves on the board of several multinational companies, charitable foundations. He holds a CIPS certification, is a past international director for NAR, the uh, National Association of Realtors. He heads the International Referral Network our IRN for realtors. And then he and his wife, Carol, lived as expats, raised two daughters overseas from 2002 through 2016. So you can imagine that we have just so much to talk to you about today because that's just an expansive person to even consider investing overseas, living as an expat, and just having so much experience. So um, thank you again for being willing to share. Absolutely. You know, the, the the idea, one of the things that we talk about, in, I guess, in the terms of commonality of the people that we serve is this spirit of adventure. And and what I'm pretty sure of, if people you know are tapped into you and your network, they share this spirit of adventure. Again, anything outside the box is somewhat adventurous, right? Mm -hmm. And so to be able to come and, and talk with other folks who share this you know, spirit of adventure, the soul of adventure um, is wonderful. In fact, I, I'll just tell the story. I don't know how it came up. We talked about slacklining. I yeah. sent you a slackline and you and your family have been playing with it, right? Well, you know, I think that just proves the point, a sense of adventure, right? And, and for folks who don't know, a slackline is a 
kind of a tightrope. It's it's but you only keep it, you know, two, three feet off the ground. So you're not doing crazy circus stuff. But but two, three feet off the ground, learning how to walk a tightrope, right? So so yeah, you all absolutely embody and exhibit the, you know, the characteristics of an adventurous soul and, and your family. And it's it's just wonderful to, you know, to be able to interchange and 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 be together again. That's awesome. Yes. And if you have not heard of Michael before, yes, he slacklines on those like parking chains between parking uh, spots and parking lots. I think that's the first place I saw. And I think across pools as well. So you are doing a little bit more circus stuff than we are. (laughs) A little bit circusy. Yeah, it's fun. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Go ahead, Bruce. Well, I think that, I think the, the tone of today's podcast is, um, is multifaceted and it's multifaceted is, is about living a full and rich life. Um, both in the United States and outside of the United States, living a life of purpose. And what Michael's doing is not only, uh, you know, he has a business, so he's, you know, gaining revenue with the business, but he's also making an impact with uh, countries and and more specifically people, individual people in that particular area. He and his, his um, partners are doing that in those particular areas. We are doing this uh, podcast for educational purposes to see everything you can do as far as uh, going to these places, living a life of purpose, the investments that you're going to have to actually vet out yourself. Uh, We are not endorsing these investments. We are endorsing Michael as a human being and all that he lives for. And so I think you're really going to enjoy this. Um, I was just telling Michael, I was in Belize uh, recently. And the thing that I really um, enjoyed about Belize were, were the people. And I thought the people were very, very uh, warm. Um, they, were, they were looking to help. And to give you an idea, and I didn't mention this to Michael yet, but we were actually uh, on the island of San Pedro. The, the, you get around with these um, gas-powered uh, golf carts that we rented yep. for the week. <laughs> and uh, we're going all over the place, and we were stopping at these little – roadside uh, stands where people were making things and you would buy, you know, purses or so on and so forth. So we had to stop and buy a purse. And I would like Michael to expand on this because I'm sure he has more uh, knowledge of this than, than, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding as we were doing this, we saw this young girl there and we were thinking, now, wait a minute, this is, this is 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, during the week, why isn't this young girl in school? And so one of my uh, friends who was on the trip asked her, and she goes, well, you know, we can go to school up to eighth grade, but then high school, we actually have to pay for it. Now, um, we thought that was a little unusual, um, but, you know, I think the average, and Michael, you can correct me on this again, if you have better knowledge, the average income of the people of San Pedro Island, I think was like $3,800 a year US is from yeah. what s- somebody told me. And so um, we decided to live a life of purpose and charity. We actually got together with the other couple and we uh, found out how much it was going to cost for her for a year of school. And we went to the bank and got um, two years worth of schooling and went back and actually gave it to the the young girl so that she could go to school for two years. That's and awesome. yeah, and it was uh, it was such a good feeling because you could tell the young lady was such a. I mean, the way she it she, the way she interacted with us with so, such maturity, um, with such love and care, trying to promote her aunt's products that she was selling on the on the roadside. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the kind of I'm, I was trying to paint the, a picture a little bit about how the, the the country is, and yet they're not making a lot of money, but yet they still live a a, a fruitful and wonderful life on uh, in Belize. Absolutely, and and you, you, I think you said it right with this life of purpose, right? Yeah, we we all like to have fun. We're in business to do business, but at the end of the day, you know, what is it that we're really doing, right? 
and 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 some people do you know, i think have the luxury of being able to you know to kind of pause and, and and really look at that and and make adjustments in what they do to to create more purpose you know, there's a great book uh, by bob bufert called halftime and it's it's kind of a tragic story if you guys know it but you know his his son was killed trying to do some uh s- some mission work he was he was trying to really he was coming across the Rio Grande to understand what it was like to be uh an immigrant to the United States and drowned in the Rio Grande right well this guy had had tremendous uh successful career in cable in Texas and 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 Southwest and so w- was worth a lot of money but a very tragic circumstance and his son's death caused him to again take this time to pause and reflect and understand that what he'd been doing up till this point in his life had been for success, right? Which is what we do to create money and things and and comfort, whatever we want to call that. And and what he realized how important this transition was, you know, coming out of halftime, so to speak, you know, coming out of the locker room for the second half, um, that he wanted to transition his life to a life of significance. And I think that's a very, very powerful, you know, a mental framework, let's just call it that, a mental framework to understand that, yes, we need to be successful, right? We need to put money, you know, in the bank account, food on the table and a roof over our heads, right? But but that's just part of the equation, right? That the real things that matter, the purpose, as, as you so accurately described it, right? What is our purpose? And and I, I don't think collecting money, things, whatever is, is, it's not my purpose. I don't think it's your purpose either, right? Um, and, and I would hope that it's not most people's purpose, but but to have the opportunity to do something that is significant in life, and and what you did with that with that young girl, right, uh, is is significant. You 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 meaningfully changed her life in in ways that will impact her for her lifetime, right? That mm-hmm. that that what she gets in education for the next couple of years that that benefits her for a lifetime. And you know, and what we've seen with what we do in the region, right? We employ I don't know, we probably have. 400-ish folks employed right now. I mean, it varies with, you know, projects and construction, but but direct, that's direct employment, you know, indirect employment with, you know, subcontractors, the, the numbers probably double that, but, but you know, mm-hmm. say three to 400 people on average employed, you know, th- this is in a region, you said 3,500 bucks, I would have said it was five grand, but I mean, it's that kind of number, right? 3,500, five grand, of, you know, a year income in Nicaragua, it's even less. It's, it's about $2,000 a year, uh, for or maybe twenty five hundred for 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 uh, an average worker, right? And so you know when you create sustainable employment, yeah, there are construction jobs, but you know a lot of people buy these homes as vacation homes or even as investment products. And when they're not there, you know they rent it out, so you have a tourism revenue that's ongoing forever. Even if people live in their homes, you know they 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 usually will employ a maid and a gardener, right? They're they're shopping at the local stores, right? So they're infusing that local economy with a ton of money. And so we, as a development company, we come along and we we help create this opportunity for people to own homes and again live there if they want to live there, vacation there, have it as an investment property, all of those things. But when you do that, you create this true economic sustainability that goes on and on and on well past my lifetime. You know, the, the thing that we always have said, you know, our company is now 28 years old. And, and what we always say is, look, we're building a business that will be around for a hundred years, for probably longer, but but whatever, that's about as long as I can think. And, you know, I mean, well past my lifetime, I'm 59. I mean, you know, okay. you know, who, you know who knows how much longer we have, right? Um, but but you know, I, I I don't think I got another whatever you know seventy years in me. So uh, I, I you know, but this idea of purpose, this idea of doing something that has long term economic sustainability in places like Belize, Nicaragua, Honduras, even places like Costa Rica and Panama, you know, that the, the income levels are much much higher per capita in those countries, but they're still very very low. Uh, and 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 you know and 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 the thing about these per capita numbers is you take the 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 millionaires and billionaires and you average it with the person who's making you know two hundred dollars a month right and so you get this number but but the reality is is that you know the people who are you know cleaning rooms and and doing you know uh, what I would call the, the the basic menial tasks in in these countries yeah they make two to four hundred dollars a month right I mean. Like and 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 it's you can live on that, 
but I don't know how well you live and, and things like schooling, like this young girl that you helped out, right? Schooling just goes off the table. Cause that's not in the cards at that mm-hmm. kind of income level. Right. And so, you know, by creating opportunities where people can, can grow in their careers and, and grow in career paths, right? This is, this is something that we as an organization have done. We don't, you know, we, we don't follow the traditional hiring model. The traditional hiring model is you hire people based on their last names. I mean, I hate to say this. Most of these countries are a class society. Belize is actually a little bit of an exception to that. It's not really a class society, but the rest of Latin America is, is really a class structure, which is foreign and weird. And so you hire people based on last names and you hire you know, relatives. It's a lot of nepotism and stuff like that. So for, for the vast majority of people, they're kind of locked out of a path to, to growth where you could be a manager or even a vice president. You know, one of the vice presidents in our company, she's been with us for you know 18 or 19 years now. She comes from very humble means, but she worked her butt off for 18, 19 years and is now our vice president. And, and in most Nicaraguan companies, she would never have that opportunity because she doesn't have the right last name. She doesn't have the right pedigree or connection mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um, and so, you know, we've been able to create these paths of opportunity, paths of advancement for people and and coming all the way back to purpose. Uh, you know, th- this is this is truly what, you know, you know, I, I guess gets me out of bed in the morning on a tough morning. A lot of mornings I spring out of bed. I'm just, you know, hey, another day we get to do it again. Right. But but some days are, are you know, I, I like to say I work about five days a year. Right. You have the 360 days. I'm just having fun. But but, you know, what gets you out of bed on those five days? You just know it's a work day. Right. Um, you know, it, it is the the purpose. Right. That that is the fuel to say, you know what, there's a reason I'm doing this and it's not my reason. It's the reason that was put into me, and uh, and and I'm going to do it for that reason. And uh, anyway, but you did it. You did it in Belize with that young girl. That's so yeah. very cool. And and you did. You you changed her. You changed her life, and you changed the life of her children, right? And her grandchildren, because she will be so much better off for having the extra education, uh, uh, and 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 being able to carry that forward through her lifetime and and her children's lifetime. Oh yeah. my goodness. There's so many powerful thoughts in here. One we were just reading this morning, I think it's Psalm 90. It was talking about the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting always in the future, even though man is like grass and we wither, but <laughs> Lord establish the work of our hands, meaning help us do work that lasts yeah. beyond our lifetime. And uh, I'm just going to bring in another idea here. So seven generations legacy, this yeah. book that that I wrote, Michael, you have read and your endorsement is in here. And I'm, I'm just so thankful to be able to share that perspective of doing work that is generational because we have purpose and because it's not just about just business and just making an income, but really it's about the conversations that we have and the legacy that we're leaving, the relationships we have and the people whose lives we touch that allow us to leave a true legacy. So, uh, so let's come back to why are you doing investing work specifically? What's the investment landscape when you're talking about um, these new projects you're working on, specifically the Marriott um, and the low EMF community projects in Nicaragua? What is, just talk a little bit about what that looks like and why it's a good investment. Yeah. Well, you know, I was, I was looking, we have our consumer resource guide, which was the precursor to my book. And I thought I had the the larger one that has this, what I call the path of progress chart or the, I, I like to just call it the time machine. You know, time machine is something that we can all imagine, right? It's just imagine that right here in our homes, H.G. Wells' time machine shows up and he gets off and he says, hey, good morning. And, you know, why don't you run, grab your checkbook and just get one check and we're going to wheel you back 20, 25 years you know, you can have the rest of today to run around and make one investment with that check, you know, and I'll bring you right back to this moment. And 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 the power of this imagination is, is my goodness, of course, I'm going to come back really, really, really wealthy, right? Because, because you know, I have the vision of hindsight, right? The, the, the benefit of hindsight. Um, you know, when you work in the developing world, when you invest in the developing world, you are truly investing in a time machine. And 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 so we actually have some cool articles about this if folks want to get it. Can can I just say that we've set up a special email address for you uh, so that we know yes. that folks are watching. Money Advantage 
at ecidevelopment.com. If you hear something, you want something, please use that email address when you contact us so that we know that you're listening here. Moneyadvantage at ecidevelopment.com. But if you want to see the article or you want to see a copy of the Consumer Resource Guide, whatever, send us a note. But this time machine concept is so powerful. So for example, you know, we, let me just say at the top end of the curve here, you know, you know, I have paper because I, I showed it to you earlier. Um, <laughs> um, Cancun. I'm a big visual person, right? I was just going to say, we is, just shared right? visuals on our last show as well. So this is perfect. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, draw my own chart. This is what I call the time machine. You got Cancun at the top. You got Nicaragua down at the bottom and how and then different countries. And, and you know, and, and and right now, by the way, Belize is right in the sweet spot of this curve. It is right in the middle of this curve. And and and, and in fact, I'm going to make a comment that that I make you know, publicly and and people kind of shake their heads and say, what are you saying? But I always say it because it's true. It's how I feel. I don't know if it's true or not, but it is how I feel. Um, you know, I, I lived in Nicaragua for 14 years. And you mentioned that raised a family, two daughters down there. We loved it. We went to Nicaragua for what we thought would be two, three years, get our Grand Pacifica community started. Three years into it, my wife and I went out to dinner. Uh, we made a list. You can see paper, right? We made a list. Stay in Nicaragua, go back to the US. We kept our home, this home right here. And we, you know, because we thought we were only going to be gone a little bit. So uh, at the end of dinner, the list to stay was long. The list to go back was short. And we decided to stay a while longer. And that was 14 years. We we, mm. we lived in Nicaragua. 14. We loved it, right? On the other hand, a few years before that, back in 1998, my wife and I moved to Belize for six months to turn around a foreclosure resort uh, there. And, and, and people just can't believe I say this. You know, we lived there for six months and it was five and a half months too long. Mm. Okay. <laughs> It did not work for us, right? Uh, Bruce, you even mentioned that you thought you felt isolated. You said, ah, I, I, next time I want to go, I'm not going to stay on the island, right? There are people who love islands. There are people who move to Key West or you know San Marco or, or wherever because islands work for them, right? Um, it did not work for Carol and I. Um, and so different strokes for different folks, of course, right? But while Belize, from a lifestyle standpoint, wasn't you know, right for us, that takes nothing away from the fact that it's in the sweet spot of the curve. And let me explain what that means, the investment curve. See, a lot of times people try to combine lifestyle and investment when they're making an overseas property decision. I write a lot about this because it's, 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 it's not the right way to go about it. Lifestyle is a heart decision. Do I like the view out the window? Do I like my neighbors? Is the store down the street where I get my groceries what I'm looking for. I mean, it, how do I feel about it? That's lifestyle, right? Investment is very different. Run the numbers, use logic, use analysis. That's what makes a good investment. Yeah, feeling and affect comes into it. You know, some of that stuff is soft in that sense. But at the end of the day, you can, lifestyle is how I feel about it. Even if I thought, well, this thing would be a horrible investment, but I love it here. Well, it's lifestyle, own it. Use it. It's what you want, right? Investment, very different. And so even though Belize is not the place that I would want to live, it right now, Belize is absolutely in sweet spot of this time machine. So here's how we put the countries and places on it. I simply said to myself, you guys are in Harrisonburg, right? I can't remember. You're somewhere in the valley, aren't you? Where, where are you guys? Oh, Bruce is in, well, he is in Arizona right now. And um, and he also lives in St. Louis, and I'm in Chesapeake, Virginia. So we're oh, all in Ch Chesapeake. All right. Well, let's let's go. Let's pick St. Louis because it's kind of heart of America, right? If a young couple in St. Louis gets married this weekend, where are they going on their honeymoon next week? Right? Where are they going on their honeymoon? You know what? Lots of them going to Cancun up here. Very popular. Almost none of them going to Nicaragua. I'm pretty sure about that. And maybe a few of them going to Belize, right? Maybe a few of them going to Belize. And, and what this chart does is it really helps us understand where on this popularity curve we want to place ourselves depending upon our investment goals. See, if we just said, look, I'm willing to pay a lot more, but I want immediate cash flow and I want it to be strong and predictable. Oh, I'd say buy something in Cancun, right? Because you know what? 
it's a mature market. Lots of people going there on honeymoons, vacationers, cruises, blah, 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 right? I mean, it worked, right? You're going to pay a lot more, but you're going to get predictable, strong cash flow. Now, the interesting thing about yield, yield has to do with cost versus income, right? That's your yield, how you, how you factor that, right? And so what we found over the years is that the yield is about the same because your cost of ownership in Belize might be half of what it is in Cancun and your cost in Nicaragua might be a quarter of what it is in Cancun. The problem is for people is the predictability and the time frame, right? That that's the issue. Cancun is strong, predictable. It just rolls, rolls, rolls. When COVID hit, everything shut down. Cancun bounced back the fastest and the best. Belize bounced back pretty strong. It's in the sweet spot of the curve. Nicaragua is still trying to bounce back, right? But your cost of acquisition would be 25% of what it would be in Cancun. Now, the thing about a place like Nicaragua is that, you know, you buy here saying to yourself, you know what, my timeline is 10 years. Like you talked about legacy, Rachel, your book title is beautiful, right? And, 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 and the book itself, but this idea of legacy, right? If you're looking for a legacy investment, something in Nicaragua is probably a, a great legacy investment because you're thinking five, 10, 15, 20 years. And so as Nicaragua becomes more popular, the value of that asset is going to grow, 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 grow. Cash flow will become stronger. Predictability of cash flow will be stronger. Here's the really cool thing. Yield will go through the roof. If you bought a condo for 250 in Nicaragua that gave you a, eh, say 5% yield today, right? You could buy the same thing in Cancun for, for a million bucks and it'll give you a 5% yield, right? But you're never going to see the appreciation of the asset in, in Costa Rica. Nicaragua, you might go to a zero or a 1% yield or a 2% yield because the market's very, you know, immature, right? Mm. Um, but, but over time, the price of that, you know, that property might go from 250 to 500, maybe ultimately a million dollars, same as Cancun. Cancun might go from a million to a million five, but it's not going to go from a million to two million, right? So you're starting to see this plateauing of, of, of appreciation. Belize is in the sweet spot of the curve. It's popular enough to cash flow. They are now giving away free weeks in Belize on Wheel of Fortune game show. That's pretty popular, pretty mainstream. Um, you know, but but the prices of the property haven't blown through the roof. And and what transitioned in the last five years is the island uh, San Pedro, where you were, Bruce, uh, five years ago had no branded hotels, zero. And you had this transition of client from a niche traveler, a diver, a fisherman, very serious kind of like, I'm going there because I want to do one thing. It was a niche market. So now it's a mass market. You know, cruise ships started coming to Belize about 15 years ago. Those people who come to Belize and they get off the ship, they have a great time, and then they get back on the ship and they think, you know what, let's come back here sometime. Well, when they figure out to come back, they're Googling hotel brands or they're looking for a Hilton, a Marriott, a Hyatt or something, right? Because they're a mainstream traveler. Five years ago, that island had no brands. Today, there's a Curio, which is a Hilton product, an Autograph, which is a Marriott product, a Best Western, which our company owns that franchise on the island. And we are now under construction with a red letter M, just a traditional Marriott resort and residences on the ocean. So in five years, it'll go from, uh, well, six years, I guess we're opening August of 25. So in a six-year period, it will go from no branded hotels to four branded hotels on the island. Mm. But that is just the beginning. Cancun is not a destination because it has five or 10 branded hotels. It's got 50 or 60 branded hotels there. And Ambergris Key, you know, in the town of San Pedro, the island, right, over the next, you know, say decade is going to grow and grow and grow as a mainstream tourist destination. Predictably, it's the future. Who knows, right? Who knows, right? But we see this happening. We follow many, I mean, we follow countries like Panama, Costa Rica, Cayman Islands, Turks and Caicos, Bahamas, Bermuda, right? And, and these other countries, as they've climbed this path of progress, that's why it's like a time machine. You can kind of look at what happened in each of these countries over the last 20 or 30 years. And we, because we've been around for, you know, well, we've been around as a business, as a development company for 28, but we actually started a little mortgage company in Belize uh, even before that. So about 31 years now, we've watched other countries and other jurisdictions, how they've progressed. And we've watched Belize kind of trail it by about 10 years. But what happened in the Cayman Islands, you know, then, you know, it just kind of went like this. 
And so while you've got these countries and regions that are way up here on the popularity curve, they've kind of peaked maybe. not It's not peaking over, it's just peaking plateauing, right? A country like Belize is just still in the strong part of that curve. Um, and so people do ask me, like, Mike, what's the best country in the region to invest in right now? And mm -hmm. I always say Belize, um, even though it's not a country that I would want to live in. I'm very honest about that. But, but as a country I would want to invest in, Absolutely. It's in the sweet spot of the curve. If somebody was looking more for legacy, right, their time frame was 10 plus years, I think a country like Nicaragua uh, uh, would be where I would invest. In fact, I will say this very clearly. The most of our own personal money, we have corporate money in all these places. The biggest chunk of my personal money, or let me be more clear, my wife's money, because it's all hers, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, um, You're a smart uh, man. Yeah, I that, thank you. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I know the right answer to most questions. Yes, honey. Um, but the, uh, 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 the biggest chunk of our wealth is in Nicaragua, because we are thinking legacy, right? I, I don't need the income. I don't need the, the revenue, right? And so we're building legacy for our children, our grandchildren. And, and so, yeah, we've we've put a biggest the biggest chunk of our investable net worth in Nicaragua because, it, again, it's way down on the popularity curve, but climbing. And uh, I think we'll 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 do very, very well over the over the you know 10 plus year time frame. But if somebody was saying five years, Belize, Belize is a five year. Nicaragua is a 10 year. If somebody says, I want cash flow tomorrow. Cancun. That's a really helpful differentiation and depiction of what the investment landscape is when you're thinking about countries that are in a more developing area or space. And sure. I remember you mentioning the time machine as well. I think in a lot in the last time we talked with you that you're like stepping back in time uh, yeah. compared to what's happening here in the U.S. economically. So uh, I think it. Um, you mentioned the Marriott in Belize. Can you talk as well about what's going on with the low EMF community in Nicaragua? Absolutely. Uh, thank you for bringing that up, by the way. It, it's a topic that most people would kind of, <laughs> right? No, big X, not doing it. Um, you know, th there are a lot of folks out there. I I'm not one of them, by the way, uh, but but who are sickened by the EMF, 5G. That's, that was sort of the big kind of uh, word, buzzword that kind of popped up and people like, no 5G in my neighborhood or whatever, right? Because I think, I think you know, it, EMF's kind of too nebulous, electromagnetic frequency. Well, what is that? What's that mean, right? Um, but it means everything from cell towers uh, to microwave towers to uh, the router in your home, you know, the, the, the Bluetooth on your phone, uh, even, even things like just the, the wires in the wall you know, uh, give off uh, dirty electricity and, and electricity, you know, when it, you know, it creates electromagnetic waves, right? EMFs is all of that, right? Um, but the, but the, but the 5G seemed to be the thing that really galvanized this, this community. And, and they are a community, they're a community of, of, of several million folks that we've already reached out to and begun to uh, talk with. And, and, and we actually hired a, a, what's called a building biologist. Her name is Kathy Cook. We flew her to Nicaragua. She brought all of her professional equipment. We'd kind of done a bunch of uh, testings, right? What are the EMF readings of different kinds of frequencies at Grand Pacifica? Could we build a low EMF community? And so we we did our own research and, and, and our results said yes. So then we flew Kathy and her professional equipment down there to do a professional evaluation of the site that we have for Isla, which is uh, our low EMF community. And, and, and so this is a place, it's truly a safe harbor for people who are affected by, you know, the, the electromagnetic frequencies, the 5G being the, 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 probably the one that most people really understand and, and see. Um, so this is a community where the homes themselves are, are, are the, the, I'm sorry, the land itself is very low. In fact, we have a great chart. If anyone wants to see the chart uh, that Kath, it was in the whole report, just a 15, 18 page report, but this one little mm. chart shows the readings uh, and anything under 10, I think it's microwatts of radio frequency, which is your cell kind of cell cellular frequency. Anything under 10 microwatts is really, really good. And most of our site location for this community uh, is five and under. So, I mean, it, it's, it's almost negligible. These are some of the best readings in the world 
except for places like Antarctica or someplace that has you know nothing, right? So these are very, very low. And so uh, then uh, the, you know the homes uh, also mitigate. You do design elements inside the homes. You shield the wires in your wall with metal conduit, not plastic conduit. Uh, so, so those are the kinds of things that you can do. You can add special window treatments. You can put something called a Faraday fabric around the house, which then even further eliminates it. Uh, so that's what you do with your home to create the safe space, the safe harbor space inside your home. But the nice thing is, is because we're the developer and this is a community that we're building, right? It's a private, we have huge property anyway. So the, one of the neighborhoods, it's private, it's ours. We, we decide what the rules of this neighborhood are. Um, and so there'll be no cell phone use uh, uh, the, out, outdoors. I mean, if you want to do, what, do whatever you want in your home, but it can't leak out of your home too. But anyway, so, so what we've really been able to do working with Karen Rich is someone who uh, really brought the idea to us. She's a member of this community of several million folks, and she knows hundreds of thousands of people who are affected, and she really engages them. Kathy Cook, a building biologist, right? So we're able to now help folks who have this uh, this this really horrible, uh, uh, I don't know if it's an illness, I guess it's an illness that, or, or, or being affected by EMF, right? Mm -hmm. To find a safe harbor, a place where they can live in a wonderful environment. You're 600 yards from the Pacific Ocean, warm, beautiful Pacific Ocean, beautiful sand beaches, but most importantly, a community of people who you won't think you're a whack job if you talk about EMF, right? I think a lot of times people, if I went down my neighbor right over here and knocked on the door and said, hey, how's it going, Jim, Mary? You know, I'm building this low EMF community. They'd go, you are Fruit Loops, man, right? That's what they would say, and 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 maybe I am. It's okay, um, but 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 you know, I, I I don't think I am, and neither do the folks who are affected by the by the EMFs, right? And so to be in a community of people who share this 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 common philosophy on the dangers of EMF at at whatever level that is, that's powerful, mm-hmm. and it's wonderful, and and it kind of goes to that same sense of significance, right? I, I don't know that I would drop it all the way in the purpose bucket, although I think it gets close to the purpose bucket. I think purpose is, is bigger than than than, than that. Um, but it's certainly significant because here are people who are unhappy and who are being made unhealthy uh, because of this. And, and to be able to give people an option, a good option. Like, look, a lot of people are moving to a place called Green Bank, West Virginia. I live in West Virginia, but not in Green Bank. Green Bank is the middle of nowhere, West Virginia. And it's an it's a very low or almost EMF free zone because the U.S. Uh, NASA or somebody's got these giant telescopes and they do not allow any cell phone anywhere near it because it'll interfere with the radio waves are trying to get from the space or whatever. Anyway, uh, but you can move out to the desert of you know whatever Arizona out out way past Bruce somewhere, right? So you know I mean, but that's not a community and that's not a great place to live necessarily. So to be able to offer people a really wonderful place to live and community and have it be low emf that's really a very cool thing to be able to do and and so yeah thanks thanks for mentioning it i i i would have maybe passed by it so thank you yeah yeah i i love that you're talking about not just how to influence the community so the the people who live already in a region so the locals the citizens the people who are um, needing income and needing jobs you're talking mm-hmm. about investors and making sure that their desires and their goals and objectives are being fulfilled based on what their time horizon is and what yeah. yields they need and really what they're looking to accomplish, whether it's appreciation or primarily cash flow and really what their their family investment objectives are. And then you're also looking at serving the needs of people who need a place to live or a place to vacation as well. So would you say that your work throughout that region is primarily for the tourist or for the person who wants to live in mm. that place is or is that both yes <laughs> sorry um you know look i think there's tremendous way to get alignment for any and all of those things right think about latin america the thing about you know from a light let's talk about lifestyle first right from a lifestyle ownership community you know a place to live a place to be right you know, you've got everything from, uh, as Bruce found out in Belize, hot, humid in October, right? But you've got hot, humid in Panama City 
in Panama. That is a modern city at the beach. It's hot and humid, 365 days a year. It's a modern city. If you said, ah, I, I like these old colonial cities. Great. Just go across the other side and you can go to Cartagena, Colombia. It's a you know 450-year-old colonial city on the Caribbean, hot and humid. If you said, look, you know, I really like Arizona. I like, you know, I like the desert, but I also like the beach. Great. Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. That's desert at the beach, right? So you have hot, humid, hot, dry. Um, if you say, well, you know, I'm really more of a springtime. I love springtime. I, you know, it's, it's just a, you know, whatever. So you get into the altitudes in the tropics. So, you know, five to 7,000 feet above sea level, depending on where you are. But you can have what I call always spring. And it's where they grow coffee, right? It's, it's, it's 65 at night, 75 in the day, every day of the year. It's springtime every day, right? And you could say, well, you know what? I'm a modern city person. Great. Medellin, Colombia, modern city, springtime all the time. Oh, I'm a colonial city person. No problem. Cuenca, Ecuador. It's a beautiful 500-year-old colonial city that's springtime all the time. If you said, you know what? I always wanted to, to retire to Napa Valley or Sonoma or, you know, I love these wine tours. My wife and I do this every year if we can. And gosh, I just wish I could afford a house out there when I retire. Well, you know what? If you have three, four, five million bucks, have at it. But if you have three, four hundred thousand dollars, you can go to Mendoza, Argentina, or 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 the or on the other side of the Andes in Chile, and you can have a beautiful home and a vineyard. You can have the exact same lifestyle experience for for ten cents on the dollar in these countries, right? And so, from a lifestyle perspective, you know the the alignment of what you want with the region is really there. You just have to kind of figure out how to mix and match those things and where you end up. And 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 what is absolutely true in every one of these locations to some extent or a much greater extent is the reduction of your cost of living. You're going to find that you will live for anywhere from one quarter to maybe a half. You, you look, if you said, I want to live in, in Santiago, Chile, you know, it's probably half of, of Phoenix, Arizona or something, you know, I'm, I'm not, not a crazy city, San Francisco, New York, but or DC, right? Just pick a normal city in the US. You know, Santiago is probably half, right? You said, I want to live in, in Nicaragua. It's a quarter. I mean, our lifestyle in Nicaragua was so awesome. We ate organic fruits and vegetables. We ate free range meats, hormone-free cheeses and eggs, and we did it all for 25 cents on the dollar for what that stuff would cost in the States, right? So that's lifestyle. Again, the alignment. On the investment side, the same kind of alignment is possible based on this time machine concept, right? Am I looking for appreciation? Am I looking for legacy? Am I looking for cash flow, yield? What, what is it I'm looking for? And then we can kind of put ourselves on this. And, and the last thing I would mention with legacy is that there are what I would truly determine as legacy investments. Uh, we offer one of them. And, and in 1999, I started a teak plantation in Panama. And I did it. Because teak has a 25-year cycle. I call it a 25-year cash flow cycle, right? I think a lot of people get hung up on 25 years, you know? Well, look, 25 years is going to come. Well, I'm, mm -hmm. I might not be around in 25 years. I might not be around tomorrow. We don't know what we're given, right? I'm, it is what it is, right? But 25 years is coming whether we're here or not. And so, you know, in 1999, I planted 100 acres of teak, me and, and, and five other guys. So there's six of us in this project. And we said to ourselves, let's plant this teak. And in 25 years, we're going to get the harvest, right? We're going to cut the trees down, take the harvest, make a lot of money. We're going to replant them. And the next one is for our kids. And in 25 years, you know, they're going to cut down the trees and the next one will be for their grandkids and so on and so on. So what you've created with something like teak timber is this true generational wealth stewardship because it's a 25-year cycle. And, and and when kids have kids and whatever, but 25 years is almost a generation or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, it moves around. But but like, right, it's generational wealth stewardship. You're stewarding money into the future, stewarding wealth into the future uh, with it. Um, and so that one kind of sits apart. But for people who, you know, and, and the investment, I mean, seven grand, Six six thousand eight hundred eighty bucks, seven grand. You can own a quarter acre of teak, right? And so, for people who already have, like, oh, well, I have enough cash flow. I don't need, you know, seven grand. Okay, put it in this and 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 start to steward wealth into the future. So we we've sold, I think, over a thousand folks because once people understood what we'd done, well, how do we get involved? Can we do this too? So we 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 went out and purchased more land and we started 
making teak plantations for folks that want anything from a quarter acre to, you know, 20 acres. I mean, we have one guy that bought 20 acres, you know, a couple of times. So, so again, as a legacy investment, mm-hmm. this works. And, um, and That's so, awesome. yeah, so, so you've got the whole range, right? But coming back to your question of alignment, yes, depending on goals, objectives, needs, wants, you know, on a lifestyle perspective, almost anything's possible from from those you know geographic elements from an investment perspective almost anything is possible if we ask the right questions we do the right analysis and we understand what those goals and objectives are and then match them up to the reality that's available in this big time machine that's fantastic and bruce i know on your mind is nelson nash who was the father of infinite banking We've been going through his book for the last 27 episodes on our podcast, and he was a forester by trade. So he understood this generational um, okay. generational nature of lumber and timber. So we. So have, I was like, yeah, what I was ahead. thinking, Rachel, what I was thinking, Rachel, is a lot of our listeners who already have their um, their whole life insurance contracts and building up cash value because they do the same thing, Michael. They're looking at okay, I'm building up a, a life insurance death benefit along with storing my capital. Yep. And then um, I'm taking out policies on my children. So my death benefit then will fund my children's life insurance contract and then so on and so forth. But along the way, they can access the cash value to buy quarter acre, you know, plots of yes. teak in, in your area. And, and Bruce, would they be able to take that investment and put it back into the policy? Oh, absolutely. That's exactly that's yeah. the, the Okay. You, yeah, you then take yeah. whatever cash flow you have or your appreciation and then pay back the loans and then rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Got it. Yeah, that's a and powerful powerful mechanism. The amazing thing about life insurance cash value as well is you can borrow against it today mm-hmm. and you control the terms of how you pay back. So you're going to have interest accruing. You can pay interest only, but you don't have to pay back on a certain schedule. You determine how you're going to pay back. So you can have those longer time frames yeah. where you pay back 25 years from now, or you can have other things that are more quickly cash flowing that you pay back on a monthly basis or sure. an annual basis as well. So there's a lot of flexibility within that source of capital. We we're just talking the hour before talking with you that life insurance and infinite banking is this foundation that you can use to store capital in your financial life that gives you a lot of control and being able to access and and use that capital in a powerful way. Yeah, and so our uh, our policyholders are always looking for places to actually take their cash value and invest in something that's either going to produce cash flow or appreciation in the future and then they just use that to Pay back the loans, and then, of course, in. upon a, 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 a course con, upon death, then that legacy play is going to get passed to the next generation, yep. and then they just rinse and repeat. That's why Rachel's book, Seven Generations, is so powerful because she's looking out, you know, two hundred plus years in this situation. So this is this has been a great podcast because our listeners are always looking for places to deploy their cash value. So thanks a lot, Michael, for all this um, information for our listeners. Absolutely. Really. Thanks. I I love the fact that you're thinking 200 years. That's great. Well, it was fascinating and we don't have time for a whole conversation about it, but we came across this idea of planting shade trees that you won't sit under. And the idea that if you, the ancient Iroquois, talked about having plans that they and decisions they made today that would impact seven generations ahead in the future. And I was like, that is a really long time frame. So I started doing some research. How long even is that? That's approximately 200 years. And if you think about the capability that you have for making decisions today that are going to impact seven generations ahead, you're thinking so long range, like you you mentioned, that you won't oh. be here to see the, the rewards and the return, but you're thinking about how to influence and empower um, people that far ahead. So Um, Can you, we literally have one minute left of the show. So I know this is really tight. Can you please tell us about your book and how people can find out more about you and your work? Absolutely. Here is the pre-release copy that you got a copy of. Uh, We're in the process of putting it all together on Kindle, paper, and audio. Um, If folks would like to get a copy, what we're going to do is a pre-order special. I don't know what the price will be, but very, very 
very, I'd like to do it for $1. I'm not sure Amazon will let me, but if they let me do my book for $1, I will do a pre-release order for a buck. Um, and so just shoot an email over to moneyadvantage at ecidevelopment.com. Just say uh, consumer resource guide if you want to get a copy of this or any of the articles I talked about, or you can just say, you know, book pre-order and we'll put you in the in the list for that and we'll get you a link as soon as it becomes available. Yeah. That is awesome. Can you share the name of your book as well? Ah, well, not yet because okay. uh, I, I I called it Beyond Borders, uh, but now my my PR people are telling me that we got to work on something. So I don't know. You know, anyway. there is always a process. It's not a problem. So yeah. Mike has an amazing book coming out that is about living and investing abroad, correct? Correct. Living and investing abroad and the things that we need to, you know, like we talked about alignment. There's a lot of information there about alignment, both on lifestyle and on, on investment. So, yeah. Awesome. It has been such a pleasure being with you again today, Mike. And yeah. I really appreciate that. So if you have questions, you can email moneyadvantage at ecidevelopment.com. And that is going to tell Mike and his team that you are listening to the Money Advantage podcast going to direct your conversation and questions to him specifically. So thank you for joining us again. If you have questions about infinite banking or anything else that you've heard on the show that is just about how to optimize your financial life and get in financial control in a position where you have access to capital and you're building wealth for generations to come, we would love to be a part of that conversation for you as well. And you can book a call with our advisors at themoneyadvantage.com and you can find a slot on the calendar and we will start that conversation to really figure out how to move you forward in your financial life. So thank you so much for being with us. Mike, it is such a pleasure and we need to practice our slacklining again. I'm uh, there you go. aware of this as a, as a remembrance from this show today. So thank you. Thank in you guys. In closing, if you've been listening today, please go ahead and give us a thumbs up. Go ahead and put your questions and your comments in in as you're listening. And we would love to hear what you have to share and what your thoughts are about investing and living abroad. And we thank you so much, Mike, for being with us and for being our special guest today. Thank you. Thumbs up. In closing, please remember success leaves clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd and build a life and business you love. We'll see you next time. Discover the secret of how to earn a return on the same money in two places at the same time so that you can strengthen your investment returns. We've created a free guide for you that explains the top three things every investor needs their privatized banking system to do. Go to themoneyadvantage.com slash banking, put in your name and primary email address, click the send my free guide button right now, and we'll see you on the inside.